podcast 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 checking one two how's your victor vector coach ball game here <laughs> with uh we, we got the three amigos in town i got chopper i've got the flick money flicky the three amigos it's my two favorite people to talk coaching with uh and we got a lot to catch up on it's episode 79 let's just go snaps for all our listeners happy new year for all our patrons thanks for listening supporting um uh, throwing questions at us and topics uh that we can discuss uh, i've got some topics to discuss today but first let's start with chopper um uh, highlights of the of the break man you had christmas new year's any highlights Man, the family survived. We uh, we we got the we got whatever's going around. It went went through the whole household. Uh, but lots of hydration, and uh, yeah, we uh, we got through it. So that's you know whatever whatever doesn't kill you makes you stronger. So we're doing well. Um, club ball's going strong. Boys are boys are balling out. So that's fun. My, I don't ever care about our record or even wins and losses. I care about the process. But my assistant coach told me. Um, a couple of days ago, he's like, coach, we're 26 and six as a program. I'm like, dang. All right. That's, that's, I guess if you're keeping score, that's not terrible. Um, playing clean baseball, fundamentally sound, throwing strikes, catching the baseball, putting the ball in play, run the bases smart and aggressively. It's, uh, it's a joy to coach them. They're good kids. So we're, we're just kind of in, uh, fully engulfed in that and, uh, just super thankful for a new year. I love that topic, uh, you know, and Flicky uh, joined me in Livermore, uh, Northern California, just a few days ago, and we had a great coaches clinic. Uh, we did miss you, Chopper. We missed your beard, but we um, we superimposed your beard uh, in between us. So there was, As there, you was a, yeah. there was a beard salute for you. But Flicky talked a little, about a little chicken and an egg thing. I'll, I'll let him explain it because it's, uh, it's too Stanford for me. I, I did go to Brown U, but uh, but not quite up to those standards um, of like what breeds winning, you know, it, it, does uh, winning breed joy? Does joy breed winning? So uh, an amazing uh, coaching clinic there. Uh, Flick Money, how was your uh, break? Uh, highlights, brother. Coach, I'm still in the my break highlights. I'm living it right now. I just pulled mm. off of Interstate 80. Uh, so that we could have this conversation, but I have been visiting uh, my nearest and dearest, uh, my best friend from childhood, my best college teammate, uh, my best friend from my 20s when I was living down in Los Angeles. I hear there's a J, we got a J Rondo official landing in Los Angeles sighting has happened, uh, which is a mutual friend of ours. So I've just been in a, I've been tumbling over the falls of joy, reconnecting with people, reeling in the years, and I'm still there. I'm on a I'm on a beeline for Washington State right now, and um, really excited to be in this conversation, Coach. You're on the side of the road. Is that accurate? Oh yeah, yeah accurate. Love it. Yeah. Call box right by call box. Calling in from a call box. But if you're watching on the YouTube <laughs> yeah. again, it looks like he he just uh, hit a ground rule double uh, uh, at the. Pluto, um, uh, you know, a baseball academy, bang, and uh, and he's 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 just outer space worthy. Uh, Flick money uh, drove thirteen hours from Seattle down to uh, down to the Bay Area, uh, uh, Livermore, uh, California, just outside of Oakland, 
He drove 13 hours. Uh, it, uh, a long story short, he just couldn't quite get the flights worked out in time. Ended up driving. But what happened to your flight that you would have been on uh, if you would have booked a flight, Flick Money? Yeah, unfortunately, Boeing's having some structural issues. A plane, uh, uh, the side of the fuselage blew out, a window panel blew out of one that had taken off from Portland would not have been my plane, but my plane would have been, my flight would have been canceled because they canceled 60 flights immediately to check on the health of that particular model of plane. And uh, what they're finding is quite scary. So I'm very grateful that uh, A, I had a vehicle that was that was operable to get down here and uh, that we got to do the camp. It was uh, 13 hours was well worth it uh, when you're talking about uh, creating joy with a bunch of young ball players. My oh my yeah uh, that was that was a nutty story to to hear and then um, you driving most of the night getting into the hotel room about midnight um, getting getting a little nap in before a double header uh, in Livermore but um, uh, we'll get to that Sandlot uh, in a few because that was that was a big one and we're gonna go back there in August because that is the home of the 13 year old Little League World Series. So the Williamsport wow. PA, that's the 12-year-old deal, 11 and 12s. But the 13-year-old, 50-70 length, it's been there for the last 10 years. So we're going to uh, gonna get up there uh, in August, and we're going to do a sandlot uh, before that tournament starts. That's the goal. That's the plan. Uh, but uh, shout out to my boots on the ground. Fair play, McRae, uh, up there. I, I, uh, I, the culture, once again, the culture that's that's being built in these little leagues that I go to, these towns, um, there's so many good people. I think that's one of the highlights of my break. Uh, obviously, uh, I'll get to my family portion of the break, but uh, I went to a I went to a camp in Dallas, and then I went to a coaches clinic in Arlington. Coached uh, uh, a bunch of young coaches there in Arlington, and then up to Livermore, and I just keep being blown away by the the curiosity that these coaches have when the, the questions that they ask me of, of how do I, how do you, how can I become a better coach or uh, how can I be even become a better father? Like there's so many good people in all these different towns uh, that all I can do is be optimistic about the future of the game. Um, and, and Flicky, you, you saw it firsthand a couple of days ago, Chopper, you saw it in Austin, uh, how, you know, these coaches gather and, um, we just discuss uh, how do we fix this uh, this toxic youth sports environment, this atmosphere, and I think we are. I really do. I I, I think it's it's coming a long way. So um, th that that was a huge perk for me uh, starting the year off like that. But rewinding, um, we got to kind of chill Christmas week. Me. Uh, the three gals, Tara Jean, Avery and Aubrey, there was some sickness that ran through them as well. So we got all of that stuff, Chopper, but we got to lay low. We got to hang. Um, I think one of my favorite things to do right now is watch these girls dance. They're, they're, they're approaching dance competition season and Avery is about to be 10. Aubrey is six and I can see it. I can sense it fleeting. You know, a lot of dads talk about that. It, it, it moves fast and it's fleeting. So we really tried to slow it down. Um, and I have found my new niche 
uh, and that is just watching my girls dance. They'll practice uh, in the garage and, and practice all these different dance moves. And, and they really like when daddy's present. I think that's their love language is me being very present and watching them. So uh, I get to take a break from the baseball field and just, uh, just watch. Uh, and it's, it's fun that if any dads out there are in the dance world, it's a whole day, it's a whole weekend. And it's a lot of uh, eyeliner and lipstick and uh, outfits uh, and dress uh, changing into different um, dresses. <laughs> and uh, I was at dance practice last night and all the moms were huddled up kind of talking about the different hair and the, the, the makeup. And I was like, man, a great skit would be how about all the dads on the other side of the room? talking about the exact same things <laughs> like what would that sound like uh of like you know what what, what kind of eyeliner are we going with guys and do we go double pony here are we going single um so uh it, it's a good community that we we are in with that dance crew so happy new year to all the listeners and um and and everybody out there that i've met in 2023 or i'm going to meet in 2024 um a lot of coach ball game uh, updates to get to, but I, I do want to start with this topic that uh, Flicky, you brought up at the coaches clinic uh, in the Bay area about, about winning uh, that came up. And, and we asked, uh, the question at posed was um, what are the pros of, of, of going for the win? If your mind is on the win as a youth coach, what are the pros and then, you know, what are the cons? So uh, Flick Money, the, the the floor is yours on this topic of what breeds what. Yeah, we were talking about the chicken and egg conundrum, right? Uh, we talk a lot about investing in a process and joy, bringing kids back, bringing, having them want to come back to the park the next day because of the way you ran your practice as a coach, the way you planned it, the way you organized it, the way you... Uh, celebrated each other, the culture you're building. And it's also true that if we go out with all of that and get our teeth kicked in and go 0 and 12, you know, or 0 and 20 or whatever, it's the it can start to the losing can start to wear on you in a way that will can steal some of the joy even with the best culture. So we were just talking about it's not a it's not an either or. The idea is a both and uh that they and chopper i love that your squads are 26 and 6 uh at this stage of your uh your winter league because uh it's showing you that you can have it you truly can have it all it might take time depending on you know where a, a new coach might be at just getting a new group and it's you know it might be uh rec league ball and so it might take time to get to the stage that you're talking about but um, I don't think it should be an either or conversation. I think it has to be a both and. And uh, so dialing in our practices so that, yeah, it's a lot of fun and the skills that need to be taught, that need to be worked on. We have an honest evaluation of how we're doing and where our strengths are and where we need to get better. And we attack those places with re really intentional drill work and skill work uh, in our practices so that we can perform better. Um, I think that's really important. And and uh, I think that coach that correct me if I'm wrong, I feel like that message landed well because Livermore is the kind of area they are hosting the 13 year old little league world series. That's 
that's not a tournament for, for participation trophies. That's a tournament for kids to go out and want to perform at the highest level under, you know, stiff with stiff competition and uh, with the lights on. So um, I think that message landed really well. And by acknowledging both sides, I think we were able to access those coaches uh, in a, maybe a different way. Yeah. When, when I pose that question to coaches, uh, it, uh, what are the pros of, of, going for the win, you get a lot of good answers, you know, you, you definitely do building them up for uh, success uh, as they get older and creating a, a close knit, uh, everybody's going down the same path. They're on the same boat going in the same direction to try and get to a certain goal. Uh, there's a lot of wins. I think what we landed on was if that's the only priority, if that's priority one and, and we don't have a couple other important things like character and joy just above focus on when that's when uh, we get into uh, some negative, some yelling, some toxic, uh, all of that stuff. Um, Chopper, I mean, you're 26 and six. You, you, what are your thoughts on, on uh, does, does joy and, and creating a culture of character, does that breed winning uh, or vice versa, or is it somewhere in the middle? I think it's all encompassing. I think absolutely joy character that's paramount. And that's, that's the type of kids and families that you bring into your circle of influence. Um, but for me, it's process. I mean, it is, it is as simple as process. How fundamentally sound can we be? How much baseball knowledge can we learn? How many good quality instincts can we teach? How resilient can we be as individuals and as a group? And if you focus on those, um, like I said, I had no clue what our record was when he told me it. I'm like, yeah, that feels about right. I feel, it feels like we're, you know, we're three and one at worst in these tournaments. And, and then oftentimes we've won like five tournaments in a row, which is crazy. Um, but it's not because that's the goal. It, and it, even in, um, when I'm practicing, a good example is last night, I had an issue with one of our better athletes behind the plate and he came up to back pick behind the guy at second, but the guy at second wasn't committed one way or the other. He was just looking at the catcher. And the second he threw behind, he took off the third. So a lot of coaches would yell and scream in that moment. But for me, it was like, Hey, E, what would you do if you were the runner and the catcher didn't make you commit one way or the other? And then he tried to backpick you as athletic as you are and your instincts. Like, what would you do? He's like, I'd run to third. I'm like, yeah, dude. So like, don't let them do to you what you would do to them, you know, run at him at an angle, make him commit back to second and then go to work with a rundown that we're elite at. So like being mindful of every situation, you get to choose how you attack it as a coach. Am I going to make a kid feel bad about something or can I build him up even while constructively criticizing him? All he heard was how I, how awesome I think he is as an athlete. That's all he heard. And then I told him what, how to fix it. And then I reminded him that he's a savage. And that's um, if your process is right, uh, you're going to be dialed. But yeah, character and joy, critically important. Um, shoot, man. The first time I started a club, it took us 248 days to win our first tournament. That's almost two thirds of a year. I'm not a math guy. Um, but we still had a ton of fun. We not had a, a ton of fun bod. because it was, I'm not, it's not a math bot, but it was like, Hey boys, trust the process. Let's keep going. And then it was so rewarding, you know, and you finally, it all comes together and you get the right breaks and you win. So I think you got to have a little bit, of all of it. Um, if I had to pick one, I'm picking character and joy. It's just like coach Flick said, you're, you're going to lose some kids and some families potentially if they're not aligned with kind of what your priorities are. Um, but I firmly believe if the process is sound, dude, like you're going to get pretty much whatever result you want. You're going to have high level character, high level joy. 
and you're going to win a lot of ball games. Um, and then in that process, try to make sure you're loving on the other team as well. Like I, uh, almost every play, if a catcher makes a good play on the opposing team, Hey, great stop catch shortstop makes a sick play in a big moment that costs us a run. Hey, great play kid. That was awesome. That was clutch. Just coach them up, coach everyone up. And, uh, and that's, and I'm not perfect, dude. I had to tell an umpire sorry over the weekend. So, like, don't think for one second that just because we're talking from outer space, us and Coach Flick, like, that we're perfect. We're not. We have emotions. And Bo Chop was up in a big spot. Every time he's up, it's a big spot. I'm his dad. And uh, I just love me some Bo Chop. And one, two count, kid had a good breaking ball. There was a fastball up and in, and Bo, like, gets out of the way of it, getting ready to go into a two, two count. Good chance Bo's going to shoot a gap. And then God bless the umpire. He just rings them up on like, it wasn't close. Like, I mean, it was, it was not close. So I I'm coaching third and I didn't need to say this, but I did say, Hey, did you have that on the swing or the pitch? And Bo didn't swing. He went like this. He dove out of the way. So that's just an, uh, an inappropriate comment by me. Right. Hey, well, um, I, I mean, God, in, I'm the king of passive aggressive and we, we, we still haven't yeah. come up with a passive aggressive salute. Uh, but yes. I would give you a passive aggressive salute <laughs> in that moment. Maybe it's like one yeah. of these. Uh, yeah, hey, hey, it's a, uh, uh, oh, oh, yeah. oh, oh, no, not going to go there because yep. I'm Coach just kidding. Chop and I'm Coach Ballgame and we have a podcast. Yep. <laughs> Dude, we talked about yep. that, Flicky, how the um, how the apology is powerful, uh, right? It, w- we can't just be dropped down from outer space and be amazing coaches. We're humans. Uh, we talked about my journey and how Flicky helped me through my journey in my twenties. Um, same kind of thing. Like I would get passive aggressive or my tone would be a little angry and all of that is, it stems from insecurity. Like, I I don't know what I'm doing out here. So, uh, you know, I, I feel like a failure as soon as my kid messes up or, uh, or, or if our team loses so that, that those, uh, those feelings of anger kind of come out. Uh, and it takes a long time to learn. So um, I, I love that you could uh, you could be normal, be have a natural uh, reaction to your son getting rung up when it wasn't even close. Uh, but then, you know, being able to apologize after the fact, that's so powerful, uh, uh, big time. Um, I, I ran a camp uh, called, hey, oh coach. yeah, what do you got? Bring it. Sorry, buddy. I just this this is a critical piece of this whole process. Love it. And you are really your vulnerability right there. I want to shout you out. Uh, I don't know what to lose, but uh, your vulnerability is is a powerful. There is a huge component of this. How do we define failure? Is has a massive impact on our culture, and so this is where the winning piece comes in. Winning is a tangible proof of a job well done, most of the time. However, if it's our only data point that we use to validate our process, then it's going to, we're going to live in this kind of binary world of we were either successful or we weren't, which is when you're working with young people and you're developing humans and brothers and fathers and law enforcement people and teachers and coaches and public officials, we're developing these future leaders of our, of our communities. It can't be the only that cannot be the only data point. Did we win or lose this game? Right. And so, uh, and that's true of us as coaches as well. It can't be my only data point. Can't be that the kid does what I want them to do. Right. And that's what you were saying, coach ball game. What you're talking about is that you hear this player is, 
is uh, frustrating you or not doing what you want them to do. And you're saying to myself, I'm failing by not getting this kid to be respectful in the way that I want him to, or to participate at the level I wish that he would. And therefore I feel like I'm failing as a coach. But if that's your only data point, then when kids, we know what we know that they're on a really difficult journey to become a, a full adult, um, when they don't show up the way we want them to, then it's going to really impact us uh, the way we see ourselves, the way we talk to people. So redefining failure in both instances, for me as a coach, I think the failure would be if I give up on a kid. That's my probably my truest definition of failure as a coach. Uh, and then there, you know, we can talk about like, you know, within a practice plan, if it didn't go well, do I see that as a failure? If I set up a drill and I didn't explain it well, or it didn't go as well as I wanted, was that a failure? Or was that an opportunity for me to learn that either on the planning side or on the communication side, I need to get better at something? And therefore, was it really a failure? It was, a, I, I'm learning along with my own players. And similarly for the players, within a game where they don't end up with more runs than the other team, what there are successes to get that you even got there in the first place. And so can we acknowledge those and, and be a part of the process? So winning, yes, but it can't be our only data point, right? Uh, and similarly, having something go the way we want it to go, great. But it can't be our only data point. We need to we need to widen number of data points we use to evaluate um, yep. success or failure. Yep. I visualize like instead of just one bullet point, uh, you've got this whole spreadsheet uh, of, of of different ways that you can uh, win, or different ways you can overcome uh, failing. Uh, that that brought up a, a something in my mind there, uh, Flicky. We had a, a loyal listener who emailed me uh, about. That's when he thinks of uh, he's failing as well as when he's just given up on a kid and he feels like he should reach all 12 of those kids on his team uh, and, and make each of them better humans. You know, he's looking through the right lens, but there are definitely times when 10 kids are are on this ship going in the same direction, but there's two that are not for one reason or another. And he feels like sometimes he doesn't have the bandwidth to 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 run the ship captain that ship of 10, but then uh, do what needs to happen with these one or two that for one reason or another, uh, maybe there's something going on at home or the the, the interest isn't there, the skill level isn't up to par. Um, so uh, let, let's start with Chopper on that topic. What's your answer to that guy? You get, you got 10 uh, on the ship and you got one or two. Uh, how do you, how do you reach them as well, Chopper? Man, I, I haven't really experienced that a whole lot, uh, to be honest with you, Coach. Uh, but how I would do it is I would really try to find a way to see what kind of motivates my one or two that aren't in. Like, okay, how can I, how can I kind of drive their passion to see if we can get it to to be a collective? But um, and that would be my goal. And if that worked, dope. But if it doesn't, then maybe it's a conversation with the players of like, Hey dude, what do you like to do? I think we've touched on this in the, in the past, but what, what are you passionate about? Like what, when you wake up in the morning, if you, if there were no limits to what you could do and mom and dad said, Hey, you name it, we're doing it. What would it be? You know? And if that's could be a number of things and whatever that is, that might be the conversation to have with, with the athlete and the parents of like, Hey dude, this kid really wants to be a rodeo guy. So get this, get this dude a rope and let's go feed his passion. Um, but I haven't experienced it a ton, but that's what I would, 
that's what I would recommend to a coach is, is listen, like ask the question and listen to what the kid has to say, not the parent, listen to the kid and then have the conversation with the parent with love and respect of like, dude, like little Johnny may not tell you this, but like, this is pulling teeth for him at baseball practice. He'd rather be at chess and then let's get him in there. Flick money. I was reminded coach this weekend in Livermore, we had a young guy that didn't, you know, we, we had the younger kids. We had four to seven year olds, eight, eight o'clock in the morning. It was 38 degrees, right? It was still, they were still at the tail end of their break. So they had had some sleep in days and they had had a lot of, comfort days and a lot of warm in the jam jam days all day long you know the sweats so uh it was a kind of a shock to the system and we had a young guy six-year-old did not want to be there uh mexico he was not into it and what i was reminded uh is that there's just not one tool you know mexico was someone who if i came at him with a lot of positive energy his re he had a he had a gut reaction to that wave of energy which was to turn away and to move away he was had the kind of personality that sometimes cats have or or certain types of uh kind of more even skittish dogs i've noticed where i had to turn away and uh, ignore him and be like hey would love to have you i'm gonna be we're gonna be over here doing this thing and then let him kind of in circles he would kind of get closer and closer moment by moment he kind of kept looping in until finally coach ball game you were telling a story and you had the drum going and he got fired up once you got caught him with the drum then he he self-selected his way into what we were doing but i just think he was the type of uh, young person who a lot of adults maybe are trying to get him to do what they're hoping he'll do and he has a reflex to that but as soon as i stopped and we just got i just got engaged with what you were doing i was listening to you next thing i know here he is right in the pile with everybody excited clapping his hands to the drum so um all that just to say i wish there were one tool to give someone but to coach chop and to what, what we're saying is each human being has to be met on their own terms and it does require some creativity this is the this is the side of coaching that's an art uh there's this part of coaching that's a science and there's a part of coaching that's an art and this is the art side of it which is the human relationship molding uh, an actual trust and a sense of well-being with a young person that's that's a creative process and so uh, um i wouldn't i wouldn't say uh i wouldn't i wouldn't just like to cut some loose and say good luck with no tools but it's going to take some time to get those art tools together for sure practically speaking i mean that if if you wouldn't have driven 13 hours to be there uh and help me out while i was running the ship of 20 and there's that one that's in the parking lot. Mexico might not have made it to the baseball field. He needed some sort of love. He he needed somebody other than dad coming over, throwing him a baseball card, asking him a few questions, and just uh, at least taking in where he was at. I mean, you were like a surgeon uh, with that kid. I was able to run the rest of the camp. And uh, at one point, you you brought his dad out and you guys played catch you and his dad. And he's just there watching. Uh, and I know that was, uh, that was done, uh, you know, uh, on purpose to, uh, to just kind of, once you knew what he was responding to go with that. Uh, if you're a coach, that's the goal. Can you, can you have an assistant, maybe two assistants 
where when you have to run a sandlot or a station, uh, that you do have that one parent, that Miyagi, that therapist, uh, that you can say, hey, we got a kid in the parking lot. He's crying, must have had a tough day. Uh, can you go be that one-on-one? -on -one? If you can have somebody like that, or, and we talked about this, Flicky and Livermore, maybe you go back and forth. Maybe one practice, uh, you know, Coach uh, Coach Johnny is running uh, running the whole practice, and then Coach Billy is uh, is there for the one-on-ones if need be, uh, and you can switch off each practice. But um, I, I think if if you create the expectations with your team early on, we are here to. We are not going to wean anybody out. We are going to bring every different type of kid in, and and hopefully they want to come back next year. Then I bet you get a couple parents raise their hands and say, you know what, I'm going to get off work a little bit early because uh, I want to be there. I, I want these kids to, uh, you know, flourish and be good humans. So uh, love that. Uh, yeah. Either of you, anything to button up that that awesome topic? I was just going to add one thing, which is you can also if you're by yourself coaches you can also utilize other players as leaders in that regard sometimes a kid responds better to a kid they don't have to be super skilled in the area of counseling or therapy sometimes it's just a, if it's another young person who goes over there and says hey we'd love to have you you want to you want to come along you know takes a piece of double double bubble with them hey here's a piece <laughs> of gum you want to come join us we'd love to have you i mean you know be creative it's uh, we're we're saying we're assuming maybe you have two adults, but if you're by yourself, kids can be really powerful uh, influencers with each other. Obviously, we know that. So, you know, if you have a kid that's extroverted, he's got some social skills um, and you can utilize him in that way as sort of like your ambassador for when kids are having a tough day, you know, whether it's just a walk around the field or whatever, and you give him some shine for be taken on that role so he's not losing out his practice time or whatever by being that, maybe that's an opportunity to develop a leader uh, and, and acknowledge some gifts in that area. When I see a kid, uh, and a lot of times it's it's one of the more, uh, more advanced and skilled players, uh, and they're oozing with confidence. When I see one of those kids um, pay attention to the kids that aren't on his level, pay attention to the kids that that are just starting out or or they don't feel confident um, and then go over to them, man, it it's one of the biggest buzzes I get on a baseball field. And I praise that loudly. Uh, it is a loud yeah. shout to the heavens. Dude, I, I, we're giving you an attaboy. I'm giving you three baseball cards. And uh, come on up here. Let's do a staring contest with uh, with Coach Flicky here, uh, it, you, we it, you have to become sensitive to that as coaches. Um, uh, when in a world where it's easy to be sensitive to uh, the nuke or the bomb or the ninety-eight mile an hour uh, cutter, uh, become sensitive to the human part of it uh, as well. Chopper, anything for you uh, before we 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 shift to a another great question here by. Uh, by one of my assistant coaches, actually. Uh, what do you got, Chopper? No, I agree with uh, what Coach Flick said. It's that is the art of coaching is is how do you motivate? So many people know the message, but can you get the message to the audience? Can you know the audience, and can you get them to receive it in a way that helps them learn and love and fosters joy and curiosity and all that good stuff? So no, yeah, and I love the tool of using a player if you're by yourself. It's super powerful. Yeah, pure 
peer pressure can be good and it can be bad. So try to try to see if you can use that positive peer pressure, you know, yep. as a tool. So yeah, I love it. Yeah, well said. But between the three of us uh, on this pod and and on the road, uh, the I don't know thousands of of coaches that we've had coaches clinics with and thousands of hours that we've taught coaching, I can think of maybe three percent of all of that has been skill based. Ninety-seven uh, percent of it uh, in Livermore, in Arlington, where I just was. Uh, on this podcast, when we talk coaching, there's just a bulky, just every everything's all about the psychology of it and and uh, the the actual skills of baseball. I mean, look at the numbers; they take a big time secondary. So that's just very eye opening. And I I uh, I say that at all the coaches clinics, it's like we did, we haven't even talked baseball yet, and we're three hours in. So. Um, that's how important it is uh, to to be uh, human leaders. Uh, make them a, a really great server of their community uh, when with their time. Um, Coach Smiles, who has done a lot of my sandlots here in Orange County, he throws another one uh, at us: how to balance instilling discipline within kids and not but not being too hard on them. Uh, it's a great question. And I've seen his journey. I've seen him as a young coach, uh, you know, as a young 17 year old coach, I think, you know, a lot of times I see the only, the only tool they have is the one I had when I was a rookie coach, which is yell louder than them, be louder than them, be more commanding, uh, than them. Um, let's start with, uh, flick money on this one. Uh, where do you go to balance uh, instilling discipline, uh, but not, um, you know, not getting too hard. Uh, coach, you say it uh, beautifully. I praise loudly and I constructively criticize very quietly and personally. Uh, and that's even with skill adjustments. So let's say I've, I've set up a throwing drill or working on a specific aspect of throwing. I'm wildly praising the group for their efforts. I can see you working. I can see you getting better. I love that you're getting better. And I've got one group that isn't taking it seriously or they, their skill level isn't there yet, so it doesn't look quite right. So then I go over, and while the, the group is getting loud praise from Coach Flicky, that, the group that needs the extra help, uh, the individual two that need the extra help, I'm one-on-one conversation. Hey, let's look at where your foot placement is. Let's look where your glove is. That's that's right here. And then I'll right in the middle of that. I'll you're doing an amazing job. You got 30 more seconds. So the whole squad. So it's the praise praise loudly, constructively criticize uh, quietly. And the other thing, coach, that I always take from you, coach Ballgame, is uh, some of it's on me. Uh, I need to be mindful of where my group's attention span is because I know that they will work hard and want to work hard, but depending on their age is going to really determine how much can I expect them to do one drill or one single thing repetitively and stay locked in before it really becomes my issue of how long did I, you know, how long did I set this up for? And was that a good use of my, of their time? So uh, I looked at it as a personal responsibility um, for right, trying to capture that wave, make sure that we do drills that we're catching their attention and we stop when we're at the top of their attention, not waiting for it to sink down. That's on me. And then also the, the praise loudly and constructively criticize quietly. And I'll, I'll, uh, 
uh, I'll double up on you there. I noticed when, even when the whole group is, is dragging or the whole group uh, has some constructive criticism coming their way, you will still bring the whole group to the side. And that's some of the most quiet moments you have with the group. I think you even had that in Livermore on your field Break that down. Uh, you, you brought them in. There was there was no yelling at the whole group because the whole group was going down. Uh, how did how did you break that down? Yeah, we uh, you had given the great Roberto Clemente speech. We're playing a Roberto Clemente game. They had had you know we set a goal of ten at bats per player within this game, which would be like a three game stretch for them. It was going really really well, and they're young players. So what do you think happened by at bat eight? At bat nine, at bat 10, I watched three or four kids in a row not really go as hard as they could to first base. They're, they're, they take a turn around first. Maybe they get a hit in the outfield, and it's kind of a nice, easy, you know, the, the big leaguer at the end of his career turn, you know, tip of the cab, not really pushing it. So I pulled them together, and I told them the Joe DiMaggio story. When they asked Joe DiMaggio why, at the end of his career, when the Yankees are up 25 games in the standings, why is he still playing so hard in game 159 of the season? Uh, shouldn't he give his, his legs and his body a rest? And uh, he said, you know, there might be someone there who's never seen me play, who paid for that ticket, who worked to earn the money to pay for that ticket. And I want to make sure that they see me playing as hard as they deserve uh, to see someone play. And so I was, I kind of gave him that speech, which was just, um, do not allow yourself to play below your own standard of, of excellence, of how good you can be, of how hard you can play. Um, I did, you know, give them a little preview of coming attractions of what coaches are going to be watching for, college coaches, scouts, eventually, if they get to make their dreams come true, and how they take a turnaround first when the games, it's an eight-run game in the fifth, is going to make it, they're going to be evaluated on that. So I gave them some straight talk, but we did it quietly. And then I fired them back up and out we went. And their, their last couple innings were great again. And it's just, a, you know, they're 11, 12 years old. So they're going to need to be reminded probably a thousand more times. Um, but uh, we keep uh, keep working at it. That was an elite group of players. A lot of them probably will have a chance to play high school or college. And a lot and those quiet moments when the coach can get quiet and say something very poignant uh, and, and sometimes hard truth. But uh, your tone, your body language your volume, uh, it's all super, super important. Uh, Chopper, uh, you're balancing uh, discipline but without pushing them away or, or making them uh, want to quit. Uh, how do you balance that? That's a skill I learned from you, Coach Ballgame, uh, where I used to attack the child, attacks, a uh, harsh way to say it, but like uh, uh, pay attention to uh, the the child that's you know doing something wrong and giving them that attention they want whether good or bad they just want attention and well, what I, I learned from you is to early. yeah yeah I learned from you is like no no praise loudly with the one that's doing it right and then watch what happens to the one that's that's maybe just doing kind of doing their own thing freelancing if you will uh yeah. the firefighters that are listening uh and then if that doesn't work then, and I know Flicks talked about this is just make him your assistant. Like, Hey, Hey, come on, dude, you're going to come. You're going to be my VIP. You're my assistant coach. Like here, take the megaphone, dude. Like, Hey, what do you see? Like, what do you, and just give them ownership of kind of what's going on. And, uh, and that usually works. If the first thing doesn't giving them ownership works and, and at least you're getting them kind of, so where everyone else can do 
what they're there to do if you know if they're passionate they want to be there uh, but those are the tools that that i used uh and use and yeah if you're going to say something good say it shout it from the mountaintops and if and if you got something a little bit more serious go ahead and say it now if it's a, if it's one of your athletes that's not acting like they normally do it's an out of character experience for them to be not be disciplined or not be focused or to be unruly that's when you've had that relational equity where you can put your arm around and be like dude what's going on? Are you okay? Like, what's up? Like, did, what's going on? Cause this isn't how you, you normally are. You're normally with us and I don't feel like you're here right now. Are you okay? And then that's, that may be a 10, 15 minute conversation where you're going to go have a conversation with one of the kids you love and care about uh, and just see, get, get to the root of, of why they're acting that way. Relational equity. That could be the name of your book. I like that Oof, a lot. Love that. Bang. Love that. Also could be a great <laughs> nickname uh, or a fantasy football team name. Um, well, I, uh, I mean, relational, you, Hey, this is coach relational equity. <laughs> Get a whole group of seven-year-olds calling him that. That's awesome. Yep. Yep. You're not saying it right. <laughs> Boy, did we have some good nicknames? Uh, I, I do want to say this. I, I coached a camp with coach rack who's been on the pod and, uh, literally, I mean, I was the oldest guy in the room by about 13 years. Uh, and and I told Flicky this, it's like you, you show up one day and you're the oldest guy in the room. Uh, how, did, uh, how, did, how did that happen? But a lot of 28, 29 year old coaches and they, I mean, I think within the 14 of them, there's like a billion followers. Uh, th these are very um, popular on social media coaches. And they ran this camp called Not Your Average Baseball Camp. But here's what stood out. These 27, 28 year olds, we all sit at a dinner table and they are so passionate about coaching. We talked for three, three and a half hours about coaching kids and, and they, and their lens is character and joy. Uh, there were a lot of Savannah banana players uh, that were in attendance and party animals uh, and the Savannah bananas, you know, they're, they're growing. There's another team coming out, the firefighters. And I think at some point uh, there'll be a whole league. Uh, where where there's an opportunity for all of uh, all the entertainers who didn't get their 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 cup of coffee in the MLB can go play there and entertain. But um, the amount of attention and uh, curiosity and engagement with this crew of twenties twenty year olds, like I'm fired up. It fired me up. Their the baseball and youth sports are in great hands, and I I I'll just pat ourselves on the back. I think we've had something to do with that. Uh, Chopper, Flicky, you know, and we, this is 79 episodes deep and um, I, I get to just kind of jump in and um, I, I kind of think of, I get to be the Flicky uh, of the old camp where uh, you need, you need me to wrangle 50 kids. You need me to introduce uh, the next major leaguer that has come to, to be a special guest. You need me to tell a story uh, you know, that uh, that's kind of what I do with the MLB as well. Uh, it's just my comfort zone, but, um, Hey, uh, again, there wasn't a, there, it was 97%. How can we make this kid a better person and make him want to come back and fall in love with the game? And these are 10 to 14 year olds who are probably all going to play high school ball. Very, very elite. Uh, but when they've got somebody they watch on their, on their phone or their mom's phone, uh, pouring in character and, and joy, uh, instead of win, 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 or, or even become better at, at, at your skills, um, man, it's, it was a beautiful thing. So that, that's a shout out to, uh, to rack and, and coach bougie and, and, and all those, 
uh, coaches. That was three and a half hours around a, a table where I, it could have been 12 hours. Uh, I just love talking, coaching uh, with, with, with other people. So um, uh, good job. That's all I have to say about that. Good job, uh, you two, on that. I black salute. Um, what else? You guys got anything? Any any topics hitting you? Anything that's come up in the past few weeks or or months? Um, what do you got? Well, I just wanted to acknowledge the work that you're uh, of the young coaches in in Arlington that you're talking about. I'm gonna celebrate them. Uh, we did the double eye black. I'll, I'll give them uh, character. Perfect. Yeah. And integrity. integrity. <laughs> yeah. And the reason it's so important, what's at stake? What, what, what are they, what are they fighting for? We're really fighting for the soul of our game that we love. Baseball is an incredible teacher. It's so difficult. There's so much failure. It's such the failures are so public within the context of the game. It's an incredible teacher, the soul of our game. We're wrestling for it. Right. And, uh, I understand. We we talked about that. I understand the win at all cost coach mentality. I coached. I played for a lot of those coaches. I appreciate anyone who will get up and hit a kid 400 ground balls on a Saturday morning deserves to be saluted and praised. Um, and uh, but but there needs to be an expansion of that tool belt. It can't just be win at all costs. Hit a thousand ground balls, throw a thousand pitches, and then scream at kids if it doesn't go the way you want. You know, there's got to be that we can evolve it. And so I just I'm so uh, excited to hear you talking about these young coaches because what they're doing is they're evolving our profession. They're evolving the coaching profession, um, and really w hopefully winning the wrestling match for the soul of of the youth baseball uh, game, so that we get kids who continue to want to play. It's not as fast paced as basketball and soccer or football for that matter. It's not as prestigious anymore. You know, it's kind of lost the top billing quite a while ago. And, um, and so many of the professional players are coming from other parts of the world where ironically, there's very few adults organizing youth leagues. The kids yeah, are playing point. outside by themselves all day long. I always said, why do kids, why is skateboarding? So why is that exploded in such a phenomenon? Well, have you ever gone to a skate park? There's not one adult yelling at a kid as to how to how to do an ollie, or how to land the kickflip. There's name because video we don't know games. how to do it. Why are video games so? Because they have a video game. You don't have a parent. Yeah, no one's screaming at him. B, push yeah. button B. <laughs> <laughs> so I just appreciate the coaches that are out there bringing baseball into that fold where the kids. Uh, can truly experience joy and quality instruction, right? It doesn't have to be an either or. It's a both and. It's a win-win. So I just wanted to celebrate them. Thanks for evolving our profession. That's your. That's the name of your book, Both And. It's a both and because everything really is both and. Relational equity, both and. And I'll come up with something for mine. <laughs> <laughs> Sarah Jean had a good yours idea. Is gonna be, yours is going to be coach. Yours is eyeliner on a Saturday. That's the name of the. That's yeah. the name of the. Uh, the biography. I yep. was gonna. I was gonna say eyeliner maybe uh, milk milk bath. <laughs> <laughs> life, the life and times of coach Ballgate. Milk bath is actually a great one too. I love that. Oh, chopper. What's on your mind? Yeah. Well, I. And I'm going to choose my words wisely because uh, I, I had a actually had a meeting yesterday and uh, the topic came up of of a coach, a highly successful coach. Um, in fact, one back to back state championships currently. Um, but 
cusses at the kids all the time. You know, uh, it's a win at all cost situation. Doesn't work on a lot of fun. They don't get it right in game. He yells and screams at him. Um, I've coached against this man for a couple of years. Um, and it's just a complete difference in philosophy. So uh, it is both and you got to have both. And in fact, these administrators asked me, you know, Hey, would you want to come coach here? And I'm like, ah, man, I don't ton of respect for the current coach, but like, it's just a, we go about it differently. You know, he's old school. And that's the term that I use for that. The guy that you're right. You should commend someone who's willing to hit 400 ground balls. Um, but it's, that's not enough anymore. So the kid, the kids that are coming up that understand and they get it, that it's about winning the heart at all cost. Uh, and you, and you not only can you do both, but you have to do both. Um, uh, because the, the, the old school, it only, it's only sustainable when there's winning, but you're missing so many opportunities for the, for the heart and the growth of the heart and the character of the player. Their identity is found in the win and the loss. Um, and that's fleeting, dude, that's fleeting. And it's, and it's empty and it's hollow. So, um, yeah, uh, that's what I was reminded of when you started talking about coach, like I, I literally just had this conversation yesterday and it's, I do think that's the label. It's like, dude, let's stop being old school. Like be freaking, be freaking new school coach, new school. And the new school is yeah. not participation trophy. Uh, no. and, and let kids, uh, just just bat flip and celebrate and shove it in other teams' faces. That that's not my new school. Uh, uh, the the not your average baseball camp with all these very popular twenty year old coaches. We gave out fourteen awards and they were all character based. Maybe the most proud moment uh, for me was they gave out fourteen spotlight awards uh, to the kids that made the best choices. For me, it was the kid that memorized the most nicknames. Like he paid enough attention to the. Uh, awesome. group of 50 kids that he knew everybody's nickname. Uh, so that, that was a big one for me. Uh, other ones were, were just overcoming uh, obstacles or failures, uh, creating this respect and joyful culture within their small group of six players, um, leading by example, uh, being the servant leader. Uh, Doc Roberts talked about that a lot and he is that. Uh, that's a biggie. So um, yeah. Just, just my heart is full knowing that uh, what I see, I could see that camp going to every continent and and just blowing up. It's uh, it's great to see that it's going in the right direction. So yeah, uh, it, a, uh, when somebody throws a, a mean comment my way, uh, you're a joke. I've seen your all your videos and your participation trophy 101. I, um, I, I, there, uh, I have a moment of, Ooh, should I go passive aggressive salute here? Uh, but, uh, ultimately, um, I, I have to, I have to go with the thought of, they just, they haven't seen me in action yet. They, they haven't seen kind of the, the culture that I've said of, of keeping score of everyone's character, uh, and everyone's not going to get this spotlight award. Um, uh, so yeah, I, I, I just uh, I step back from my computer or my phone and I I just say no uh, I'm not going to do that one today. Um, man, yeah. I, I, let me I, touch on that. Yeah, let me touch on it. a couple things. Uh, same thing for our uh, we had our developmental league. We were giving away monthly awards and we gave away four month four awards this last month. We finished our session and it was it was character. It was you just show up, good attitude, good effort, and treat people you want to be treated. And those were the ones that got the ten dollar in and out gift card. 
you know, and it's, you get what you recognize. So uh, this next month and everyone did a great job, but it's like, oh, that's what coach is looking for. You know, show up, have a great attitude, give effort and treat people like you want to be treated. But I do want to touch on this with trolls coach. And you know this, mm. but for our listeners out there, I had this conversation with Kenley Jansen because Kenley was really getting beat up his last year in LA. And it was actually the second to last year. And we talked and I'm like, dude, you're, you're just giving the trolls power. Like if you turn off the internet and you turn off the comment section, like their power's gone. Like they're only looking to tear down. Um, so if you see that, you just dismiss that as the, no, no, they're the one that's hurting. Um, yeah. And they're the one that's trying to to elevate themselves and their emotion by trying to bring others down. So it's like, run from it, run as fast as you can from it. Don't give it any power. You're the one that's allowing it. Um, and then Kenley had an incredible year that next year uh, with the Dodgers. And he, and he did like, not because I said it, he's got mental skills coaches and therapists and they recommended it too. So he did that and he stopped looking at the comments. Um, yeah. And then he got back to kind of the old version of himself, but let's not give the negativity power. It's within our power to be like, nah, dude, you're mixed up. You don't know me. You don't know and me, I, son. Is my, I get, I, I get to talk about bullying uh, when I tell the Jim Abbott story uh, because you right. know, he was bullied uh, as a kid, but he, he was wise enough, mature enough to realize, Oh, that, that kid's hurting that kid. Uh, that is coming from a place of lonely and hurt and trauma. Uh, and, and I don't have to, I don't have to give it any power. Um, and I can, I can share that with these kids and, and, you know, a lot of elite players that we coached in Livermore and in Arlington, um, very tempting to see the kid that's a little new or hasn't hit the growth spurt yet, hadn't hit puberty and, uh, and, and throw them some shade as the kids say. And, um, that that's uh, just so important for, for that population to hear, uh, you know, what, what makes a bully? I was able to talk about uh, the, the kid that uh, was in my culture, grew up in my culture for five, six years, came to all my camps in Sandlots, uh, graduated out of that, was good enough to play on a travel ball team, and he's immediately getting bullied by the best player on the team. Uh, he, he comes home crying, emails me, and I say, here's what you do, kid. Tomorrow, uh, every time a teammate makes a mistake, be a servant leader. Go over and fist bump him, tie his shoe, let him know you failed yesterday. It's part of growth. By the end of that practice, who was giving out fist bumps and tying other people's shoe? It was that bully. That bully was just lonely. That bully wanted to jump onto something. And, and, and uh, character was able to galvanize the whole group in a way to where even the that bully jumped in and said, well, I guess this is what's popular. Let's do this. So as coaches, make that popular, make good choices popular uh, and be sensitive, be sensitive with your ears and your eyes to those moments of, of bullying. Uh, instead of seeing the third baseman throw a rocket over to first base and the first baseman get handcuffed because they don't have the skills, instead of laughing at that first baseman or throwing them in right field, um, Let's see how many kids give that first baseman a fist bump and say, hey, try and get the next one, you know, really go that that route. So I, I love being able to tell uh, talk about bullying. Uh, and I, I have a, a speaking engagement at a middle school uh, Thursday, and, and I'm going to go right there with that Jim Abbott story, uh, because um, I think if you can quietly, uh, not angrily, but quietly talk about that subject of bullying with with 
young teenagers and just discuss the why. Why does that happen? I think it, it really reaches a lot of folks. Blake Money, anything well, no you doubt. got there? I was going to say this brings it full circle. So what is going to influence winning? What are the things culture-wise that influence a team performing well on game day? We can take a the, – the win is tangible proof of a job well done most of the time. But what's going to influence that from the culture? And I used to explain it this way to kids, basic math. If you're the only one concerned with how you're playing, that's one. But if we, if every person on the team makes it their mission to lift up every other player on the team to support their excellence, to push them to their highest level of performance, to challenge them to, to their best level of effort, to really, if ever, all of us focus on the other people, then how many people are focused on you? If we got 13 guys on our team, that's 12 people who are focused on you getting better versus if you only think yourself, that's one. What do you think mathematically is going to push us to a better level as a team? That's going to be that other's focus. Uh, so at practice, we're getting other people better. They're going to be doing it to you. So you, there's a trust that gets built. There's a camaraderie that get, gets built. And we're going to play better. Bottom line is we're going to play better. So what you're doing, we're not giving out participation trophies. We are teaching a very specific social emotional skill set of internal resilience and support of other humans that is going to benefit the whole team we're going to play better we're going to perform better especially in big moments when things are tough so uh it's a it, I, I see it as a both and win-win uh the way that we're doing it and so uh yeah just wanted to piggyback on that coach and thank you for uh, standing in there, the all-time hit-by-pitch leader at Brown Let's University. Go. You're taking those fastball. You're taking those fastballs up in the right up here in the upper meet for all of us uh, in the online troll world too. Uh, which uh, I appreciate you, man. You're you're getting on base for us, and Coach Chopper and I got you. We're going to bring you yeah, around. Yeah, yeah. Drive you in. The limo drivers drive in. driving in runs. Yeah. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. Oh well, I think the the name of this pod will be "What Breeds Winning." You know, I think that's a good, a good, uh, good title. And I'm good. I'm good on today. Uh, do you guys have anything else uh, to close up shop? Have a great week, boys. Appreciate Blake you. Money. Rake. Don't forget for pulling, to rake. Uh, onto the side of the road. Yeah. Drive, drive safe. A safe. Uh, safe driver money. salute there. 10 and 2 yeah, as you head back. And uh, I, I will be, uh, I am diligently, uh, I'm already reaching out to all 180 different boots on the ground, all the different towns, different people that have reached out about bringing what we brought to Austin, bring it to their town. So we're going to narrow that down to about 40. Uh, we will prioritize towns where uh, the little league sees this as a, a coach's clinic more than anything, and they can uh, help sponsor it. So the, the price can be lower for each family. Um, and, and let's, let's get hundreds and hundreds of kids uh, to come out and, you know, dozens and dozens of coaches, because that's the point. Uh, these coaches that come out to these things, they're going to coach hundreds of kids that me, Chopper, Flicky, will never meet, but you will. Uh, so um, I, I'm excited for 2024 uh, as I as I diligently go through this list and 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 get it going. Um, for as far as uh, uh, digital courses go. Mrs. Ballgame uh, and her best friend, uh, we call her Coach Queso, they are, uh, they are helping me dial in this uh, beginner playbook uh, of how to, how, to, 
that that newcomer, that that electrician, that uh, doctor that has been asked to volunteer their time to coach, you know, four, five, six, seven year olds. Uh, we've got this digital course uh, that's uh, going to launch uh, in a couple of months, so we're we're getting excited for that. I'm uh, I'm on the computer daily writing down uh, practice plans and uh, Google slides and uh, getting it going. But, you know, things I've learned from both of you. Um, oh, I just got a text from Mrs. Ballgame. Talk about the online course. So bang. Uh, how about oh. that, Mrs. Ballgame? Got it. Uh, but she she's worked so hard uh, at taking a course. So, yeah, Rapunzel salute for her. <laughs> a girl, Mrs. Ballgame. Um, so, uh, we'll, we'll get all, all the information out on my socials, uh, next week I'm in Florida. So I, I have sand lots in Lakeland, uh, Palmetto and Eagle Lake, uh, after wow. my MLK day sand lot right here in orange County, uh, next Monday, I'll, I'll fly, uh, red eye over to Florida and, and hit Florida, uh, sand lots. Uh, but, uh, yeah, this is uh, this is going to be a big year, boys. So uh, get your frequent flyer numbers ready uh, because I, I, I want to get both of you to all 40. That's the goal. Uh, and then, um, you know, the, the, it just adds so much value, you know, when, when we've got um, we, an army, an army out there just just making a difference. So thank you, boys. The Three Amigos Tour. The Three Amigos Tour. Let's go. Let's. <laughs> oh man um appreciate I love you, you guys i love you boys love you boys love oh, you too boys and lastly our next guest in two weeks jeff francor uh who has broadcasted the, the braves forever but go listen to some of his podcasts he's got a podcast called the pure athlete and um it's all about the same things he's preaching to the choir how do we make coaching better uh, how do we empower these young coaches? And he's got, I mean, Dabo Sweeney and Tom Glavin, John Smoltz, uh, you know, great guests. Woo! They're all so passionate about this same message. So uh, in two weeks, very excited uh, to talk with him. He's on a mission uh, to change youth sports as well. Um, bang. 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 <laughs>